0: And welcome back to the Back Pain Podcast, the podcast aimed at you, the patient, giving you all the facts you need about your back pain. So Today is the golf edition. We talk to Shane Lawler, sports chiropractor and specialist in the treatment of golfers. Now, this is whether they're playing on the pro circuits or playing nine holes over a weekend. It's a great episode. We talk golf back pain, the biggest pitfalls and what you can do to avoid them, warm-up routines, exercises and hopefully there's some great hints and tips in there that you can take with you to the golf course today and be a better golfer the other side of it. Of course, we talk a lot about back pain as well because hey, this is the Back Pain Podcast. Okay, so for any golfers out there or anyone who's looking to get into golf, this is the one for you. Right then, enjoy.
1: Right, today's episode, we are focused on golf and back pain for all the people out there who are suffering with back pain and maybe golfers. I know there's a lot of you, golf being a very, very popular sport. So today's guest is Shane Lawler, sports chiropractor and chiropractor to many professional golfers. Welcome to the podcast, Shane.
2: Hi, Shane. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: So, to kick us off, would you like to give us a little introduction about you, uh, your background, how you got into golf, um, and your passions, really?
2: Uh, 2006 graduate from the University of Glamorgan then but now obviously the University of South Wales got in uh, wanted to study chiropractic because my mum hurt her back when I was about 16 and Hmm. I'm not sure why she went to a chiropractor really because I didn't hear one before but (laughs) she went in and within session or two she was much better
1: so you thought this uh, this is the career for me
2: and I didn't think too much of it about 16 and then i think i did my normal a levels or leaving certain ireland this called and no focus and then during that year like you know what i really need to see if i want to do chiropractic so i i repeated my a levels so to speak and then i took mm. up chemistry in a year nice. thankfully, thankfully i had a probably well i don't know if you've either you've had this before but you get a teacher you just connect with and his teaching style suits your learning style and uh i'll never forget i got an a and even the teacher that came in to look at my because we can you can look at your exam papers and the teacher that came in wasn't the teacher that was teaching me and she goes how the hell did you do that i said well he made it easy
1: (laughs) (laughs) i like that so true and yeah i like that too actually Mm. and then so you graduated as a chiropractor did you go straight into golf um did you knew that's where you wanted (laughs) to go or did that just fall into your lap
2: uh yeah just i i prayed uh (laughs) oh six graduated lucky to get it (laughs) lucky i got a job in bristol my wife was one year behind me so i needed to stay so we, i stayed in, in wales and traveled across for a year and then we moved mm. to bristol and then after two and a half years we went back to ireland and in february of 2009 i got an email from a sports chiropractor called dale richardson who i knew was working for Parker of harrington and a couple of other players and the remit was you need five years experience didn't have that at two and a half years experience uh, if you have a uh, soft tissue technique called active release techniques, he said that would be useful. And if you had any tideless performance, so I think both of you said to me in the show notes that the, both of you have done TPI courses.
0: Indeed, yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I didn't I did I didn't have any TPI course at the time. And I think about then they were starting to do regularly enough in the and uh, near Birmingham. Mm. So I applied with my... I actually, I always forget to say this. My wife pushed me to do it. She goes, you' look, you've got nothing to lose. Put yourself in. And I got narrowed down to the last two with uh, Jesper Dale, And Jesper got hired straight away. And then Dale said, look, I'm going to keep you on board. And then I wasn't actually supposed to work in events the first year. And then I ended up working three or four. Yeah. And then the company the company expanded to its height in 2014 or 15, And we seven eight nine practitioners what I mean seven therapists and probably a a foot specialist and sports med docs we had a team of us yeah and then as as things go we all did our own thing start separated (laughs) it's hard to run and the players that I was looking after decided that they were okay they were happy to stay with me and I stayed on tour for a couple more years and then our little our oldest fellow was born in 2015 and I just about survived 2016 full time <laughs> being away from him. And then I, I knew as he'd get, like, kids get quick, so, or get big so quickly. So by yeah. the end of the year, I'm like, oh, do I want to really be out here? So for 17 and 18, I did part time. And then in 19, I kind of stepped away a little bit because we had our second uh, little fella in February
1: 19. Oh, congratulations. Awesome. I, I, Congrats, I yeah. Had,
2: yeah for all those business books you read there's no such thing as balanced so <laughs> so most of my most of my my energy was on building our clinic and, and traveling around the world looking after these guys
1: that's fantastic so how does it work as a so obviously you're a sports you know chiropractor when yeah. you say on tour are you you know flying to you know the masters are you flying to, you know, other big golf events around that? How does that work in terms of you're flying everywhere?
2: Everywhere. Um, So the two ways of, of how the players are taken care of, there's a tour truck, which is provided by the European or PGA tour, so they can walk in, get their treatment and leave. PGA tour has its own separate fitness truck where the players can go and, and work out with either the private practitioner or, or some, I don't, it's not public. It's just the tour provides chiropractors, physios, osteopaths for the players. And then the European truck is a little smaller, but they do have a little bit of a fitness area because you never know what the gyms are going to be like in the, in the uh, events. Sometimes, like, sometimes in the Middle East, some of the gyms are fantastic on the golf course, yeah which happens. And and then if you're in places like China, the gyms are pretty good, but I wouldn't consider them proper strength and conditioning units. Yeah. And then the European tour truck doesn't go to every event. <laughs> it, it can only really go where you can drive. So they can't go. <laughs> uh, of course. And then from '09 to when I finished, the European tour was becoming more and more not so European. So they were playing January to March. Well, even now the schedule would, well, let's take COVID out technically the first event in Europe was in May So it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a long spell of where they're not playing in Europe so travel, yeah. we travel would, we would travel I worked with the players on a private basis so it would be a maximum of five players in any tournaments so depending on their schedule, it worked out pretty well but I've had times where I've had four four players on one side of the draw and then when the players are playing really well, they usually be playing together. So trying to sort out their, the warm ups, but they're they're very flexible and, and they didn't mind. If it was four or five guys, they they really didn't mind, and we we balanced the deck. So If he went first one day, then the other guy would switch. So it wasn't a, a major, uh, it wasn't a major issue in their eyes.
1: Was that for general treatment type side of it, or do people come and see you for kind of tune ups, or is everybody injured? You know, or is it a bit of a balance they, either way?
2: So some of the players would in the beginning, most of the players would seek out a private practitioner if they got injured. And they wanted right. continuity of care. So they wanted the same practitioner taking care of him in those 20 to 30 events. So well, some players play 35, depending on their 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 card. Sometimes they'd have to it's play 35 busy. or 40. I think the most ever played was by J.B. Kruger, who's a South African player. I think he played 40-something. Mm. Now, if you think wow. about loading, that's not a very good thing. But he had to, to scrap any of the – to get the cash up for saving his tour card. Yeah. So we'd start work with, so the majority of the work, we'd start on a Tuesday if it was a normal, normal event. So Tuesday to Sunday, and then we'd head out. And I would hmm. say a lot of it's performance therapy. Our job was using manipulation, soft tissue work, dry needling, instrument assisted movement pattern work, DNS, anything to give them, getting them moving a little bit better. And I didn't mind it. Look, a lot of people say, oh, maybe that's too much passive care. But the fact that they were lying on a table for an hour means they're not hitting balls they're not going to be stressed out and they get an hour of recovery
1: that's a good I, did, I like the way of putting that
2: yeah what yeah. i did notice during the year so in 09 wi-fi was non-existent in a lot of the places i remember going to a spanish event actually sergio's uh, home club in Castellón near valencia <laughs> the hotel i booked into not, not not many people remember a land cable <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, so yeah. plug in the computer to, to Skype home and things.
1: <laughs> there was no twittering people then, or tweeting people uh, then. There was. A... I
2: think I joined Twitter in July two thousand and nine, and it wasn't very popular then. <laughs> no, I don't think it was.
1: <laughs> so obviously, uh, this is the the back pain podcast. You know, we're kind of focused around around back pain. In your, we'll, we'll kind of break it up into your, you know, non professional side of it and your professional side of it. In your kind of experience how prevalent is back pain as a as an injury that um, golfers suffer with
2: both professional and amateur it's 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 high up there uh, the pros will get it because they hit too many balls probably at speed where the amateur will get back pain because they physically don't do a good job of rotating <laughs> so they're ba- they're bringing a bad swing to a bad body and if they do that repetitively and then the other thing that they stupidly do on a very common occasion is they will overswing they will right. go after the hundred, the hundred percent of hundred percent. Where if you yep. watch most of these tour pros, you ask them what they're hitting, they're going to say seventy-five to eighty percent, maybe ninety if they have to go after one.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
2: Okay,
0: interesting. So there, there is that difference, uh, difference in the, the the difference between
2: the pro and the amateur. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Now the thing, the thing that's going to happen now, anyone that treats or any of the, even some of your listeners has, if they have young guys and girls that ha- are playing golf if you can't hit it 300 yards or more you're at a significant disadvantage if you want to be a league golfer mm. so the problem we have is these young guys and girls are going to chase speed <laughs> because if they get their club head speed up it means they're going to hit the ball further but if they don't have a good physical base yeah it's going to lead to back pain and then i think the next generation golfers are going to have a shorter career
1: okay that's really interesting i mean course we know that courses are getting longer and longer and longer and i know there's a move at the moment to try and some people are wanting to make course longer and some people want to make them shorter because it's more of a skillful it's not you know rooting out people that can't hit 350 straight away it's looking at the people that have that you know hitting hitting four rather than a long drive and a pitch and a putt you know it's a
2: there's a very simple way for them to fix it um i was lucky enough to go to places like hong kong that's a very short golf course but you put Dustin Johnson, Rory on it, they can't eat it alive. If they push the hazards, the bunkers at that distance that they can drive and slightly beyond, they can't overdrive. They have to use their course management. I, I, don't, I think it's very hard for them to pull back the technology. So for me, I would probably build the shorter course and just make – look at Valderrama. That, I, I yep. don't know when exactly it was built, but I've been at it. You can't power that place. You're going to be in some serious trouble. It's yeah. narrow. I mean, they even have a big. There's a big. I think it's on either the 17th tree. There's a huge tree in one of the bunkers. I,
1: a tree? Did you say in yeah, the bunker? Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's. I've never played a course where there was a tree in a bunker. I don't think.
2: And then if you look at the the U.S. courses, they are long. They're beasts. They're wide. And then it. They're. It's not that. I wouldn't say that they're harder, harder or easier than the European Tour or vice versa. It's mm. more that they. It, they're so well conditioned in the U.S. that. It turns into a putting competition.
1: So, so, patients coming in to see you in private practice. So, they're non—they're not professional golfers. They're amateur golfers, whether they're you know good amateurs or poor amateurs, and they have back pain. What's your approach in your treatment room? So, do you get them to bring golf clubs? Do you watch them swing in the treatment room? How do you approach the the amateur with back pain?
2: I don't have the setup exactly how I want it, but what I do at the moment. So we have a, a three-room treatment room. So in an ideal world, I would set myself up probably more of a range. But generally, the if the golf pro sends them, or now everyone's got swings on their phone, so there's no shortage of, of technology. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to see them swinging at that time. I will run the TPI screen on them. Depending if they're injured or not, I will do some DNS screening and orthopedic and neurological examination. I'll do a a selection of movement screens to see why they're getting what they're trying. Some of it's guesswork. Some of it, you'll see the swing. Generally, there'll be some reason they've changed golf swings, they've changed golf coach, they've changed (laughs) golf shoes, they've played more than usual.
1: You yeah. mentioned the the TPI and, and the yeah. DNS. I mean, Dave and I are both TPI qualified. Can you explain a little bit more about what TPI is, what the T- Titleist Performance Institute is, yeah. and how that kind of assesses golfers? Uh,
2: the, the background of it was uh, Greg Rose, who's a chiropractor, and Dave Phillips had the idea of setting up a performance institute. Now, I think they were in the, the East Coast in the US, and they approached Wally Uline, who I've met, because I used to work with Peter Uline, his son, Wally, they approached Wally and said, hey, you wanna sell more golf balls, we can set up a performance institute. So that's why it came to Titleist Performance Institute. Now, I understand that Greg and Dave are now the sole owners of it because they've done an extremely well, a good job of branding. So if you're a golfer and you're looking for a golf-specific person, you can go on the TPI website mm-hmm. and pick a, a medical person or a fitness or a golf coach and usually they'll build a team around them. So TPI screen is a, what they would design designed it as a, as a golf specific screen, so it's heavy on pelvic rotation and the, the torso rotation and looking at your flexibility through your lats, your ability to squat, touch your toes, single leg balance, shoulder mobility. So It usually highlights issues in the swing. Now, not heavily researched, but the swing faults will usually show up as a result of the, the physical limitations. So that, that screen, that, that set of
0: movements that you get them to do in the, in your office means you don't have to have them there with a the club swinging away and knocking
2: out your lights. That's right. No, I had a yeah. elite junior yeah. that uh, <laughs> there's a mark on my ceiling. <laughs> I, I, I told them choke down, but he <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, all right. We, we just painted over it, but I, I can see it now. It just reminds me I, actually he's doing his, uh, they've, uh, Last night or this morning, they removed the these young lads don't have to do, do their leaving search, which is the A levels. They're, ah. which is a bit messy. They're going to do predicted scores, which is it could lead to lawsuits or whatnot. But, uh, this particular junior that put a hole in the roof, he's going to be going to the University of uh, Washington, so on a full scholarship. So he sat his SATs and wow. he sat his SATs probably in January or February.
0: So you need to get him to sign that before he leaves, Sean.
2: Uh, Shane, yeah, that's him. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'll, get, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get him to sign it. Yeah. Uh, the handy thing for me is, uh, where the transition of coming off tour as much is, I work with the under eighteen, under sixteen Irish panels. So the boys or men, well, the, these guys are bigger. Some of them are bigger than me now. They're they're huge, <laughs> and we get them young, so their their physical uh, strength, mobility is much better than than it would be if you look back to when maybe Podrick started playing a Rory, even Shane. Shane Lowry, uh, Mm. and the thing for me with this kid going to uh, University of Washington in Seattle, one of my good friends who works on tour, Harry Cissé, is going to take care of him when he's over there. So he gets gets two of us knowing what we do.
0: Fantastic. Is is it easier to be working with a clean slate like that, as it were, Shane, Uh, comparative to, like like I said, someone who's getting into this or going professional certainly later with injuries picked up over time? Is it easier to... Um, uh, to forecast and prevent injury down the line with these younger players
2: that's the oh, we could make a lot of money if we knew how to forecast
0: <laughs> gotcha I, I just yeah.
2: printed out, I, I was downstairs before I came on and printed out training load and internal external loading mm. so internal is obviously the, the physical well-being and, and the, the external would be the number of ball if for your guests or for your listeners it's it's uh, how many that, balls yeah. they're hitting yeah we don't know there's so many, like, and some of these professional soccer teams, because they have huge money, NFL, NBA, they have huge monies, so we can't predict. Now, the main worry they have now with the lockdown, or with, well, lockdown in the sense that, yeah, COVID stuff, there could be a huge spike in injuries, potentially, because uh, a lot of these elite athletes don't have gyms at home. Mm.
0: So they're going to have a break in that normal routine and, and balance? They're getting another preseason. Uh, quite yeah,
1: yeah 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 i never th- I never thought about that i thought yeah i never really, I, th- I thought you're gonna say that they're training too hard or they're hitting a thousand balls at home or something but actually they are you know it's just that they're resting they're not doing their their loading where they should be they're strengthening
2: so what what is relevant to, to your to your listeners is that what we know now is and some of them might be old enough bed rest is gone if you've got back pain it's gone it's it's scientifically of no use or benefit to somebody even if a patient has to crawl to the toilet, I want them crawling. They got to do something to move around.
0: That is our soundbite right there, Shane. Thank you. Bed rest is gone. <laughs> yes. That is what we'll play at the beginning and the end of the episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And yeah. The, 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 issue we have now, well, we live in the country, so I could potentially hit a trying, maybe a six iron down the back of my yard. We've been long guard in the country. The, the, some of the issues might have, you need to load. So if they haven't been playing golf and they. I think the 18th of March is, or sorry, May is when we're going to be allowed to go back. Uh, if you're within five, five kilometers of your golf club, now that's going to be mean there's going to be really quiet golf clubs because a lot of members are not within five kilometers of the golf club. So they, hopefully they've done some loading of some sort. That means hitting, hitting balls. Some of them you'll see, I've seen some very things, funny things on social media, particularly Instagram of, of, of setups, people hitting off mats. Definitely, if you're hitting off an artificial surface, it it could potentially cause more wrist injury. So I wouldn't certainly be hitting the number of balls off a of (laughs) a mat mat as I would off yeah off grass.
1: (laughs) That's so. So with your your TPI screen, so which is that series of tests that you put them through to kind of assess it, are you then able to pick up? faults which then you know they will then have that certain problem in their swing so if they aren't able to squat you know that they're unlikely to complete their full swing or they're then more likely to have back pain or or they,
2: lo- they or they lose posture or you can guess and you get that the hard thing funny i'm talking for bca tomorrow morning and one of the slides i know that is clinical mastery so evidence and and experience and you put the two together and it's extreme, like you've got to guess. Now every, like TPI has got a list of stuff when you guys have done the course, they'll say, okay, you can't squat, you are gonna lose posture, you might early extend, you've got to check the ankle mobility. Not all those swing faults will translate to a, sorry, not those physical limitations won't all translate to, to a swing fault. Mm. Like for me, if, if, if an amateur early extends, which means their, their pelvis or, and goes towards the ball early, if they can posterior pelvic tilt, which means they can bring their belt buckle from pointing at the ground upwards, then they're going to be fine. But if they can't do that, then it's going to lead to problems. Yes.
1: So it's all in that, the, your experience, you're putting all these tools together with their yeah. pain, with their problem, and that yeah. leads you to the route which you're using to try and, yeah. to try and stop them having. Is there and a I, common fault which you find in people with back pain um, typically, or is that, again, very specific to the kind of person?
2: I would say for your amateur listeners, it's, it's going to be hip mobility all day long, hip and torso mobility. probably to so the you know, movement
1: around your hips, yeah. Yeah.
2: And their ability to... Golf is a closed chain in the sense that your feet are planted and then your pelvis is moving over the hips, which is very different. And then you're holding a stick with two hands. That doesn't... Hockey and all those other sports, they don't really reciprocate. Maybe the only sport that... Reciprocates golf a little bit is Irish hurling.
0: Makes sense. They yeah. tend
2: they, they tend to transfer very well to golf. I heard a story about a an ex county foot or county hurler who took up golf and he went from, I think it was eighteen or twenty four handicap and in three years he was plus two. So he wow. went down. He went down really quickly. Uh, Brett Winchester is a really good friend of mine, a chiropractor in the US. He mm. was on a pod, He was doing a webinar a couple of weeks ago. And he said, and this is very, I think if you're doing a rotary sports, so if it's field hockey, ice hockey, golf, squash, you're going to have to do it early because the prerequis- prerequisites of movement of rotation, because we all do sagittal mobility. So our sagittal movements are like running, we're, we're running backwards and forwards and f- yeah. f- uh, bending forward and backwards there. The movements are very prominent, but then you, you put that small ball and you have to whack it. as it, it so you start the, twisting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, oh no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's that, it's that rotational athlete. And if you can't twist and in, in a golf swing, a lot of that rotation. So that power comes from movement around the hips. Yeah. If you can't rotate from the hips, I'm guessing it's the back then that takes the strain, so you're yeah. overloading the back because the hips don't move as well as they should do.
2: Yeah.
1: And that then irritates the discs, the bones, the joints. Yeah.
2: And I was looking something up last night. Um, Professor McGill's been a big mentor of mine since I graduated, and then I finished his training last year. I just need to sit my exams once my master's cams down a little bit. <coughs> McGill, some of the newer stuff that McGill has looked at is—I know it's in the—I think it was on some of the end of your your notes that you wanted to cover. But it's very for in the back pain. It, it's very important. If theoretically now, if we emerite every golfer, we're going to see two side, uh, two shapes, two shapes of discs. We're going to see a kidney-shaped one, which all your listeners will kind of visualize now. It's kidney-shaped or oval, so pure round. The bigger the disc, the less stress it can take. And in an ideal world, if you're building a golfer to have a spine that's robust for rotary sport, you're looking at somebody that's got a small oval disc. Okay. If they've okay. a, a kidney-shaped disc and it's big, they will not tolerate rotational compression. But those athletes with a kidney-shaped one will do well with heavy power, like heavy lifting. That's very interesting. Um, then oh. the second thing that he had, which we go to the back side, is the facets. If the facets are horizontally. Uh, so do you I want to just goal. explain
1: what the facet joints are sorry just so uh, the, people so you don't got to...
2: disc in the front and then in the back you got the guidance they're like they're like wheels or like knuckles. They're the joints of the yeah. spine yeah, they, yeah yeah. and they allow you to bend forward and backwards and rotate somewhat individually not so much throughout the whole lumbar spine the lower part of the back It, it they'll add <laughs> up and then you get your full rotation well hopefully you're not rotating fully through your lumbar spine yeah Quite. so yeah. the the facets if they're if they're uh, horizontally orientated that's going to work really well for golf if they're sagittally oriented so they're, so if they're this in, in the sagittal plane they'll be forward to backwards that won't do too well for golf because if you think about the rotating they're going to start hitting each other so if I was not designing a golfer it would be having a kidney shaped disc mm. big with sagittally orientated facets
0: so, so Shane, they this goes twist. some way to, to explain why, why you might have two golfers side by side, both very good swings, both doing everything they're told. And yet golfer a feels fantastic. Golfer B has back pain. It, it it's their actual internal makeup, which is naturally predisposing them. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay.
2: So they were asked, uh, professor Kolas, who's the head of the Prague Schooler in DNS and McGill, uh, professor McGill were asked, when do you start? choosing a sport for a child, which to me is a very interesting, uh, thinks by Pavel said at about 12, 13 years of age, you can pick the sport. I know there are athletes that broke the beyond their physical limitations and did extremely well. Mm. Let's use Andy Murray for that, for that matter. I, he probably that, that when I watched his, uh, resurfacing that injured me a lot in the sense that do you tell if Andy came into the clinic to either three of us today, and you, you you probably would image him because we can see on his X-ray on on his Instagram that there was some cam which is extra bone on the the, the ball of the the hip. Do you tell him, hey Andy, you've gotta mind your loading, or the hundred million plus whatever he has in the bank? <laughs> You're. Uh... <laughs> I'm not saying that if if, if an elite junior came into me and I MRI'd them and I saw that that you don't know, but there's potentially an underlying architectural. Flaw that might allow them to swing
1: the golf club the way they want to. Absolutely. Yes, I never, never considered that really. That's a, and I think another takeaway from that as well is what I learned on the TPI course, you know, which is that Titleist Performance Institute, was that we're building athletes. So when you're building golfers, we're building athletes, you know, 20, even probably 10, 20, 30 years ago, you'd learn, I when I was a junior and I learned to play golf, you know, however long that guy was, how, how, how long, you went and you hit hundred golf balls. That's what he did. And you looked at swing and finishing and starting positions. We didn't do any sport. You know, it was just hitting golf balls. Whereas now my age group, then when I was five, six, seven, eight, they're running and jumping and throwing and catching, and they're building these athletes from the base and then they're becoming golfers. So it's that early specialization of, of sports. And I think that when I notice in a lot of my patients, you know, golfers and people is golf is their hobby. So they play golf. There's nothing else. There's no, uh, yes they might warm up but there's nothing outside of that so when i'm saying are you doing anything else to help your golf they say yes i'm going to the driving range three times a week and they're practicing <laughs> their putting they're practicing their chipping but they're not squatting they're not lifting any weights they're not you know stretching their hips when they get into before they go to bed at night you know and people don't see that as part of golfing you know they just see hitting a thousand balls every day <laughs> and uh and i think uh, that you know is what you find as well
2: one of the things i was privy to so uh Padraig Harrington, it was a client of mine as well. I see him if he needs me at home. Padraig has been working with uh, Professor Liam Hennessy from Satanta College for 24 years plus. Uh, Padraig put a team around him way back then and, and Padraig is in great Padraig's 48 and yeah he's yeah he's 48 in August and in fantastic shape. He said, like, when I was 24 on tour, I had a biscuit belly, and I I was heavier, and now he's more of an athlete than he was. He's constantly working on on striving to to get better. I do worry about early sports specialization is a big problem, Mm. because you're loading the same pattern. So you don't, what I would say to the young kids is, okay, say your sport, golf is your first sport. I would still say play soccer, Play football, play something that's going to load different patterns for you. Yes.
0: So you're not, not, um, uh, overloading that, that early pattern too soon.
2: Yeah. Now David Epstein in his book range, why generalists uh, triumph over specialists, I think is the name of the, 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 the Mm. the other bit of it. He thinks that, uh, classical music and golf are two things you can learn. uh, You can special, you have to start early. Because golf, you get instant feedback. You hit the ball, you know what you've done, and then you can fix it. So it does a huge feedback loop very, very quickly. Mm. Where in tennis, you can't necessarily... You kind of know what you've done, but you're reliant on an opponent too to to be coming back
1: into it. So it's those finite individual sports, I guess, darts, snooker, all those type of things, you know, it's that... You know, they're all similar control. in terms of fine motor control sport. No, no that's really yeah. interesting. So, yeah. going back to that hip mobility and kind of yeah. and and back pain, you said that was the one of one of the biggest reasons. I know there's lots of other reasons why someone might have back pain. They might have fallen off the golf cart, but the, um, <laughs> the one of the biggest reasons. Do you find that there are particular things which you give to people to help them improve their mobility? So, what are you know if you would you be able to pick two or three key takeaways that someone would might use to improve their hip mobility
2: i i've been looking at this for a long time <laughs> i've tried everything that so the first thing i would say to to listener is make sure particularly because we're we're from celtic populations uk and ireland a lot of patients are going to have potential uh, bony overgrowth on the hip so a pincer is extra bone on the socket And cam is extra bone on the hip. So when they approximate, you're going to run out of space. So the first thing I would say is see a medical professional that knows what they're doing and get your hips checked. Because if you're aggressively going after hip mobility and you've bone touching on bone, you're not going to
1: improve.
2: No, you're not going to improve. And I've seen loads of mobility stuff on Instagram, particularly that because it's exercise. It's very much video and video based Twitter. Not so much. People put a link up and then go and see this. For me, the things that work really well is I would probably say getting the core working efficiently will let the hips do less work. In other words, I think the hips get tight to stabilize with the core. Mm. So, chicken, egg.
1: Definitely.
2: Egg, chicken. And I do like some functional range conditioning from Andrew Spina, who's a chiropractor in Toronto. I don't like everything on it, but I definitely use their 90 90 pails and rails. Uh, which is a, they, use iso, uh, they use a muscle contraction without movement. And you set yourself up where you've got a 90 degree angle in the front. So one hip is in front of you and then the other hip is behind you. Now, provided you can get into that position, most people can if you tweak it and then just slowly. We'll pop ho-
1: a link up in the show notes to try and uh, yeah. put a picture of that up in the yeah. show notes.
2: You, you, hold, you hold the position for for about two minutes, nice and slow, 20, 20% contraction but I think if you do a good structured strength and conditioning program, goblet squats, deadlifting, uh, one of my favorites, I, from a good friend of mine, Richard Ulm, who's in the States, he teaches uh, DNS squat and weightlifting for the Prague school. He gave me – I was with a seminar with him last year. He uses a front foot elevated split squat so that you raise, you're either on a step or a weight plate and you're, you're – you stand on the plate and then you step backwards with one leg. And that allows you to get a little bit more hip mobility.
1: Mm. Like a lunge with a, with a front foot raise yeah. type thing. Yeah. So yeah.
2: I don't stretch the patient as much as they, as I used to it probably, yeah, I probably was stretching people too much because extra mobility doesn't mean you're going to be stable. So you have to, Co- you have to have control yeah. over what you have.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's, it's that, yeah. yeah, you can't add, you can't add length without adding strength, you know, is yeah. uh, I would add it, we use, you know, and, Especially in some of the older population. Um, you find that and I won't put an age on that because some of the listeners might uh, might get offended, but some of the older population <laughs> might think that it's a warm-up is just stretching, and it's stretching, 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 stretching. When actually some active movements, the 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 lunge, the rear foot elevated split squat, the squats, the bridges, you know, single leg yeah. bridges, all those type of the cat camels type movements, you'll find that <laughs> actually get things loose and get things warmed up far better than just bending over and touching your toes you'll, for 15 minutes and doing a, few, mo- doing a few swings.
2: You'll mobilize by strengthening. Oh, so like we, yeah. I don't know how old the two of you are, but I'm, I was 38 yesterday. Um, once you hit 30, you start losing muscle mass. When you hit 40, it goes down really quickly. Mm. So if I so was saying, strong, say, yeah, you have to stay, you have to get strong. And even if you didn't want to lift heavy, uh, Thomas Micho is a chiropractor that specializes in feet, or he's known for feet, his human locomotion book. He's found some study that where if you did 25 reps, now this is not going to work for everyone, but he found that if you couldn't lift heavy weights, if you did sets of 25, you could maintain your muscle mass or build somewhat. Mm.
1: So high rep exercises of squats, lunges, those type of things, yeah. if you don't have access. Even so if, the amateur golfer, even if yeah. body
0: golfer, yeah. Ups, that sounds squats, uh, plunges, all these type of things. Yeah. Truly atrocious, Shane. Sets of twenty-five. Is <laughs> that? Get honest, Yeah, not twenty-five sets of twenty-five.
2: Yeah, hopefully not on a BOSU ball. Oh, crikey, yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'll stick with my eight. <laughs> Standing on a BOSU
1: ball doing doing squats. So in terms of warm-up for most golfers, with or without back pain, do you find that obviously people don't warm up enough? I think that's kind of if a they given. Don't
2: full stop, don't do it. Or Quite,
1: don't yeah. full stop. Oh, no, they, they, they might swing from left to right yeah. or two yeah. tight. You swing, do the shoelaces up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are there a few key warm-up exercises that you give to people which they can do you know, on the first tee, or you know, in the car park before they before they
2: join the first tee. Yeah, or even they go into the locker room. I would probably do a cat camel or a cat cow, spinal spine move. The there's hip circles or quadruped hip cars is what FRC would call them. They're a good way to just run your hips through a range, of motion or as my elderly patients would call them, the pissing dogs yeah that works that works in the podcast that's, yeah. that's a good visual yes. yeah. yeah the women don't mind it. The, the female clients are like what are you talking about the men are like oh, I've got it and I say, Shane I know then you ask them how's the accident?" Oh, I'm good with that pissing dog one
1: yeah yeah oh, it <laughs> makes, makes sense
2: I said the do, problem do you for give... you is you can't piss <laughs> well as in. please don't as in, yeah. no but they can't even lift the leg high enough to do the
1: the, the oh, oh if, uh, you, if you don't have that range of motion, you can't lift it up. Yeah. So, doing a few yeah. of those I would in the ro- locker room I would do, just get rotate,
2: movement. I would do rotations uh, like a simple lower body, upper body would be a lunge and rotation. Have the mm. golf club behind you, lunge and rotate one side. And then yeah. just go to the range for 10 to 15 minutes. Go through your clubs and just warm up. But, a, no, last, that actually the, the key one, two things they'll say to you they'll say, oh, I, I'm stiff until nine holes, which is like, oh, God. Okay. Or they'll say it took me it took me three or four holes to 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 warm up, not the stiffness, but the, as in mm. to get in the groove of of. Uh, back to the the reason why I brought up Liam Hennessy is he put a accelerometer on Padraig. Go. Cool. Which measure which measures force. And with a driver, Padraig was hitting about six Gs of force. Wow. Now that seems like a lot because it but when golf is going to dissipate all over the body, but to equivalent to rugby, if you get tackled in the rugby, that's six Gs of force.
1: So there's a lot of Take weight going through that body, um, yeah, just yeah. With, a, with a drive. That's a lot. And is that average for the tour? I mean, are the bigger hitters, you know, hitting similar?
2: I would love to put one on,
1: on Rory and, uh,
2: Rory, Dustin, Brooks, Kupka, uh, Matthew Wolf, Cameron Champ, some of those two younger guys. They, yeah, the now, big, the I big st- hitters. I know I've said this before. <laughs> in 09 when I was on tour, there was probably six players that were 300 yards or more. Now it's 15, 20.
1: Yeah, it's almost and the norm. Then
2: the, these young lads come in. So Victor Hovland, who's a Norwegian player, one probably now, probably going to be the most successful, hopefully be the most successful Norwegian player ever. Cameron Champ, Matthew Wolf. These kids are coming out of college and they're ready to play. There's no what's well, a couple of years to get Yakum really? yeah. who's from Chile, straight ready to go, ready to win. So I think even I think the first place is the golfer, the amateur golfer should not underestimate what the 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 warm up will do for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, how do the pros warm up do they warm up in a similar fashion obviously you see them obviously when you're watching the PGA Tour you see them on the, drive, on the driving range warming up practicing going through their clubs do they do similar types of warm ups in terms of squats and lunges and things like that
2: most of them will we'll, like you say for a player because like, most of the top 100 players have somebody like me or a trainer that would be with them or a combination of two they're, I mean, they're yeah. lucky for the, for the funds that they have to, to invest in their body so we'll we we'll, we'll check them. I'll make sure the hip mobility, t spine. Give them a gentle stretch just to check everything, and then put them through an active warm up, and then they'll go to the range. Probably somewhere from two hours. It depends on some of the player, but usually two hours, to hour and a half. Some of them are very good. They'll show up to you an hour and ten before. Then they are literally only fifteen minutes in range, and they're good to go. That's wow. the, probably oh, really? the most. That's the most fascinating thing about golf. Not no two swings are the same, and we don't <laughs> swing the golf uh, golf club this. Uh, two swings are never the same of the same person. It's Boy. a very, it's a very diverse sport.
1: Yeah. Well, look at Jim Furick, you know, as an example, which everybody uses as, as a swing, you know, he's a ugliest swing known to man, but unbelievable golfer, you know, that's, it's a, uh,
2: that swing won a FedEx. That's a lot of money.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's, I think, that's ten it million. Two, isn't is it it? Yeah.
2: two U.S. Opens. Is it three majors? Two? I think it's two. I two majors.
1: Two. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's quite a, a U.S. and a PGA. Um, I can't remember. But either way, he's done he's done pretty well from pretty ugly swing. But uh, so it shows that, you know, you could you you can do that. So for the people out there who aren't sure what their swing looks like, it can be it can, you you can do okay. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you yeah.
2: brought up a very relevant point. You should never try and copy somebody's swing. Okay, interesting. I don't care what horse shit somebody says. Do not try and copy somebody's swing. It's like, to, or or a young kid trying to copy, say, Ronaldo's kick. Very different kinematics to most people. Mm-hmm. Like Ronaldo's got a, it's not guffery, but Ronaldo kicks the ball very much with his quad, where a lot of soccer players, or football players, kick the ball with the adductors, side footed, where Ronaldo yeah. just goes after it. And the other That's the other really things too, the the pros, like without giving, I'm not going to give any away, but they're not. What makes them pros is their ability to get around their physical limitations, whatever it is. If they had a, a tight left hip rotation, which is going to, which is your, but when you go down swing impact through, you can't rotate your pelvis through there. Yeah. They, the pros aren't perfect either, but they're extremely good at getting around those physical limitations.
1: Gotcha. That's like that. so that's 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 some of the main differences, <laughs> as you said, between that pro and the M, the ability to get around your own limitations.
2: And then, like, oh. if you look at if you if you put uh, say if we blindfolded the pro, the good ones, you they would know their clubs straight away. you We could keep switching in and out. Maybe at fifteen different sets, they'd know which they'd really? be able. They would well, be able to. I yeah, we haven't done it, but I know they would be able <laughs> to pick exactly what they really
1: have. I don't know if you've seen the series on YouTube called, um, it's, uh, is it called the One Club Challenge? Um, and look, it's most of the PGA players I think have done it and they, they stand, I think it's 150 yards from, a, yeah. from, from the pin and they have to go through all of the clubs yeah. in their bag. As soon as if they land it on the green with one club, they can remove that club from the other player's yeah. bag and it's competition. So they start and they go all the way through <laughs> their clubs and their accuracy with a driver compared to a, you know, a nine iron is unbelievable when they're only hitting a certain distance. It's quite impressive actually how, how you accurate can, you they can, can be. You
2: can actually, because they've done a lot, they're actually, as you're right, Rob, there's been a lot of players that have done it some of them adapted much better than others. And as you can know if they're comfortable or not with that club or if they have to get a putter. Or some of them are very gifted field players where some of them need the technicality. Okay, this club does this and that's what I'll do. But if they're a field player, they'll just work, make it work. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I think Henrik Stenson so, was the last one I saw.
1: I'm like, i like, I'm a big fan of Henrik Stenson. I, uh, he, he could I, actually
2: be a part-time comedian if he wanted to be.
1: He is—he's—he's he's really quite amazing. There's, there's lots of bits of him on YouTube. Just Google Henrik Stenson. And there's all sorts of things yeah. of uh, bits of him being. He was very nice bit, to work. With. with. I worked with
2: him a little bit. He was a very nice guy.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good
2: to hear. Not amazing. Are
1: you—are you allowed to play on the on the courses when you when uh, you're there? You allowed to have a little uh, a little no. hit or you know? Yeah. Able- <laughs>
2: oh, although I remember I was in—they're uh, not playing the tournament there anymore. The, the, the one that Shane won, WGC Bridgestone. I was there a couple of years ago. And one of my players, it wasn't Shane. <laughs> another player asked me, "Hey, do you want to hit a chip shot?" I said, "No chance," because I hit a chip shot. I'm going to put this ball into the car park, and I'm going to break the window or something. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to hit on the range either. You could get the the player get fined.
0: All
2: oh, right. oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
1: So, if if a player's injured mid round, are you allowed to treat them during yeah. the round, or so you can you go into the course? You can what once treat it
2: them. doesn't. Wasn't one, once it doesn't slow play down, you can keep treating them every hole.
1: Oh, right. oh really?
2: Yeah.
1: And you follow <laughs> them around in a, in a buggy and just, uh, you know, do a bit of, do a bit of work and then get them back on.
2: So that's why that picture of me and Shane is he, <laughs> he, yeah uh, that's fun. Yeah. He, uh, I think he was, he won the Bridgestone. He took a lot of time off and then look golf is it's two sports it's it's a walking competition and then it's a it's a it's a pulsatile ballistic swinging competition i, I can't remember his foot was tight or something but he called me out but look that's what i'm there for it wasn't serious or anything but mm. he said i we're like he didn't want to lie, he didn't lie in the ground he jumped in the he jumped in the buggy and then i didn't know there was a photographer there yeah, yeah, yeah. so he, it's a great photo using him yeah
1: we'll pop that up on the uh, uh, we'll pop that up in the show notes as well for anyone that uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the ones, the ones have a look
2: but if i was doing my, like we cuz we got to see them quite regularly very very rarely would you see any of the private staff on the on the golf course <laughs> if we, Oh, really yeah rare thing it, it can they can get injured rarely but you i'd kind of know in the morning if something was funny
1: okay oh, yeah. that's really interesting
2: keep, a, keep an eye on it
1: so for, for the amateur golfer as the last couple of questions. We'll kind of wrap it up for the amateur yeah. amateur golfers. What are, outside of pain, are there anything which you say, or you advise that they will need to see a, a, a golf medical professional or a medical professional, whether that's performance or whether it's stiffness, you know,
2: Irrespective of age, they should go end up. They should go. Okay. Yeah. When I have, I've had some golfers, amateur that take up the sport and the golf post sends them in chain, do your work. I'd rather do a performance therapy model than a uh, chasing pain.
1: Okay. So it's, it's not looking at pain. It's stopping pain or attempting yeah. to stop pain. Yeah.
2: Like for instance, I had a, had a golfer, amateur golfer, uh, in his fifties. Uh, and he came to see me, took up golf. Uh, he was a bachelor too, so he had plenty of time and his hip was sore in the past. And then as I was going through his movement work, it was getting sore. Now that might've been some of the exercises I gave him. And then the other thing he was doing, he was playing more golf. So I sent him to a hip surgeon that I know very well. The hip was fine. There was no arthritis in it. That was what I was worried about. But he had a little bit of a pincer. So I just modify his exercises. And then particularly if you have a pincer, it's just you got to be careful when you're bending. The simple things, don't sit for long periods. Be careful where where if, you're, if your knees are coming higher than your hips, it'll compress the into the joint. And then simple things like picking picking the ball out of the hole, the pincer will yeah. pinch them.
0: And that, that, We've all pincer, had that pincer was the, uh, the impingement of the hip there, uh, just for yeah. those uh, at home. Yeah, yeah, so
2: it's that extra, uh, extra, extra coverage, growth. Extra coverage on the, on the hip, which they likely now think is going back to adolescence. Oh, Maybe really? Back, yeah, probably heavy loading 12, 13, 14 years of age.
1: Mm. Okay. No, that's, uh, I'll, I think I did lots of heavy loading at 12, 13 and 14. I think everyone went through their kind of, oh, I need to yeah. do loads of bench press, you know, yeah. phase, which we all did. But then I didn't do many squats at that age. So I didn't do squats until I was
0: 21, so yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why we both got back pain. I know that's yeah. <laughs> So, reminder of where people can find a golf medical professional. You mentioned the TPI. Is that the best resource to find yeah. people, the Titleist Performance Institute? It's probably,
2: it's probably the only. Or if you, if you yeah. messaged me, I'd probably tell you. I could, find, I could find somebody. But TPI is a pretty safe one. And then what I would suggest, if you can get somebody that maybe has done medical three in your area. And also, if they, say if, they, if you're picking between three level ones, I would p- go to the person's website and see who's done the most postgraduate different approaches because it's probably going to suit you.
1: And because there's three different levels to the medical yeah. pro, so that, that you can, you know, well I've, I did Dave and I have both done the level one, which is yeah. basically a blanket overview of screening golfers um, and then you have specializations you can then do your level two and three as a medical pro as a golf pro or as a fitness pro Um, and you can all work with people so i know you know there's a local golf pro in my area who's 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 level one and we've had that kind of interchange if you will and linking up with that coach and the medical pro and the fitness pro giving you an overview of you know the three different areas is a really effective way to reduce your pain stop pain and increase you improve your performance really
2: yeah and I'd say some amateurs, if they're taking up the sport, or you, I've been asked before, who's the best coach? There is no best coach. It's the coach that suits that person. Yeah. You've got to coach that person's strengths and weaknesses. And then some of, there are some, still some old-school coaches that would say that the physical limitation couldn't impact their players. So, so,
1: Butch Harmon. Yeah. Uh,
2: Oh he's not Butcher's okay. No Butcher's right.
1: He he's probably the most famous, uh, famous golf coach, isn't he? He's, uh, yeah, I know his son know,
2: Claude quite well because he would have worked with some of the players. But they all have different philosophies. It's, I think that it's best coach in any sport is just getting the the a match of personality and, and getting the best out of that player. Mm. I I've seen That's... too many players, high level players, where they've changed swing coach mid season. And you know from neural wiring, all that repetitive swinging, you start doing something new, it's going to take time to bed down.:
0: Oh, absolutely. And
2: I, and I, I know Padraig's been doing patty talks or Patty's golf tips over the since lockdown. He loves coaching. He was interviewed on a podcast for somebody, and he said, "To me, I don't know how golf magazines sell, because that's not where you should be getting your your, <laughs> uh, your golf tips from." I really. I mean, yeah, it's a good insight it, for the player, but you you need coaching. So
1: yeah, or they're, they're so they're that's going fair. to be generic. It's going to be a generic. This think about this as you're hitting the ball. You know, it's not. You know, I can't tell you the, about, the
2: amount of times that I've had a patient come in. And, oh, my friend said try this, and I hurt myself. I'm like, there you are.
1: I think that's same for every sport, isn't it? You know, that's a or or this is how I should be decorating. You know, when someone's hurt themselves. I think that's pretty pretty synonymous across across everything.
2: And the the old the older player, the way I look at the older players, say they over forties, fifties. So the older you are, think of yourself like an old oak tree. So the roots are nice and deep. So I would go for smaller changes to to help for get more positive gains. You can't turn back the clock to your twenty one.
1: Yeah. Uh, we wish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So I think that about wraps it up from mine in terms of golf. So we've covered a whole heap on golfers for amateurs from pros, what you can focus on the warm-up, what people often leave out of their golf programs, when to see a medical professional or, 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 a, or, or a coach. Anything else, Dave, which you think we missed or we didn't cover or anything else you'd like to cover?
0: No, do you know what? I think we've pretty much gone through everything. Um, yeah, it's nice to... Nice to know that there is a uh, sort of a pre selection, if you like, of what you're going to be good at sports wise. That's a great excuse for people like me who aren't any good at that 300 yard, who aren't anywhere near that 300 yard drive. Um, I can say, ah, well, it's a predisposition, can't hack it. (laughs) <laughs> but it's uh, it's interesting to know as well that yeah it's not necessarily something that you have done it can be your your bodily makeup which means that you are likely to injure yourself doing a certain type of sport that might be a bit of comfort for some people or it might scare some people us, who knows um, uh, but yeah I, I personally think that's that's quite cool to know um, and I think the biggest tip yeah look warm up 15 minutes on the range do those rotational stretches um, uh, get those hips going what was the third one it was hips body weight exercises. Body Exercise. Oh, and it was cat camels in the, in the, uh, in the yeah. locker room. Yeah, get on those yeah. hands and knees. You have to do the noises too. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> that's 50% incru- uh, improvement if you do the noises, Shane. I hear that's science.
2: Um, and th- I think actually <laughs> the other thing, beyond back pain too, is that I don't think enough of the amateurs work in the mental game. Okay. Podrick, Podrick, um put up two book recommendations um, very recently. He, the Golf is Not a Game of Perfect by Robert Teller and steve peters i did meet steve peters but i know partridge worked with him directly uh Podrick said if you if your mental game is off you can make your reality this is for anything in life he said if you're mental you should be able to build your reality mentally whatever you want yeah that's a way so right I've, I've seen am, i've seen amateurs where they're choking mm.
1: Oh, I bet you have. I bet um, I've seen pros up choking as well. <laughs> you know that the mental game is such a big part in these. When it's all about you, more so than in these, in team sports. You know when it's all on you, and there's, you know, it's that putt for dough, isn't it? Really, you know that mental game is such a huge, yeah, a actually, huge part the, of it.
2: The one thing I was very disappointed with. Look, I've never worked with Tiger Woods. Uh, I was very disappointed. Look, look, he gets a hard time from the pain scientists. Uh, and I recently saw somewhere that he's also blamed. Uh, was it? What did, was it? Running on his knee, bad knee. Or what did he blame it on again? I want to say maybe blame it on, on yeah. all the running, but there's no. They did a huge study on uh, uh, on marathon runners. There's no link between that and wear and tear.
1: No. Yeah. He's not. He yeah. does get a bit of a hard time from the from yeah. the guys, you know, from for his for his dif- diverse treatment approach for various things. But he's had a bit of a hard run of it. But uh, he's obviously done okay around his limitations, you know. He's, uh, he, He'll he's be managed. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think I think th- I think he's done all right. He might not. Uh, he might not get the record, but uh, he's, uh, he's 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 done all right. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's changed the face of golf. But I, yeah, I have we one ha- last we, question. We probably
2: wouldn't have. Been, we I wouldn't have had a job if it wasn't for him. He moved the needle. Yeah. Mm, he did move
1: the needle The one last question I have is: Do you have a favourite golf course that you've been to, played at, visited, worked on?
2: People are probably going to say I'm going to say Augusta because I've been there. I really like Pebble Beach. Yeah. Okay. Along the coastline, just beautiful. Water. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's nice. What was Augusta like? I know that's one everyone's going to ask you about, just because it's so it's behind the uh, Dragon's Dead, behind the door, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Perfect. Really. And it's a lot hillier than you think even i had really? to i had to get the foam roller out after walking 18 <laughs> holes
1: <laughs> i mean that's my that's my you know i'm sure if you asked 100% of golfers amateur golfers if they could play one course you know augusta would probably be the the, the number one but you know
2: st. andrews is beautiful as well
1: oh yeah Very nice uh, there's too many to play really isn't there there's too many uh too many golfers to play
2: i, I have one amateur golfer that's trying to play all I think he's very close to finishing now. He's a little older than me. Maybe he's 42 or 43. He's nearly played all top 100 courses in Ireland. Really? Yeah. And he plays that's every... expensive. He plays every open venue the year before they play it. That's cool. Good job. You know, cool. yeah. yeah. He plays a lot of golf.
0: Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. a great... Uh, yeah, Rob, that's a lot man. of courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <And> funny, <laughs> right. funny enough, when he plays too much golf, uh, he... Previously had, had a ladder J surgery, so he had stabilization of the right shoulder. So when he plays too much golf, it, he gets a lot of neck issues secondary mm. to that. So yeah. I think... So that, that, it's knock on another it, body
1: part, not not just back pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Shane, where can people go and find more about you? Are you on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram? You know, where's, uh, where's the best place for people to go to?
2: I'm on a little... I am there. <laughs> I don't... I'm not a... Gracious, Twitter. Uh, I'm on golf at Golf Cairo on all social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then my website's thegolfcairo.com. I couldn't get Golf Cairo because somebody was trying to charge about fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And
1: whereabouts is your practice uh, in Ireland?
2: We are an hour west of Dublin and then an hour east of Limerick, so we're right in the middle
1: right in the middle Throw a to island i haven't the... been
2: down into the new adair manor i'm looking forward to seeing
1: it oh fantastic no 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 I've, I've seen it but uh not uh not been there obviously
2: yeah i'm very interested what they're going to do with the Ryder cup very interested i have yeah. no inside information yeah. well I, I know the captain but i i don't know what they're going to do i i, I don't know what they're going to do i haven't spoken to him about it nor would i know but i from as an as a golf fan i would rather not be paid behind closed doors
1: Yeah, it's. it's, I think that missing the Masters was probably my biggest upset of this whole. uh, At the time of the recording, we're on coronavirus lockdown. I think missing the Masters, which is probably my favorite sporting event in the world, is the. It it got to me. That was when realized that was going to be canceled.
2: Actually, the thing that I'm most impressed about the Masters, compared to some of the other events, is that if you so it's obviously expensive to go there to get accommodation, the ticket but the food is really cheap. You go through the doors, the merchandise isn't that expensive. The food isn't that expensive. So you, where I've, I went to ride a cup in Wales as a fan. I think I paid like 14 pounds for fish and chips. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. It's annoying, isn't
2: it? I think you pay $3 <clears throat> for, for a beer in Augusta.
1: Really?
0: Well, It's might the opposite.
2: Hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's so designed for the fans. Oh, saving money
1: (laughs) (laughs) right that about wraps up today's episode thank you ever so much for joining us Shane thank you for spending your your precious family time speaking to us instead thanks everyone for listening and we will thank you and we will see you all on the next episode take care and good night